This is News Talk 980 CKNW. 6.45 on a Sunday morning. That means it's time to check in with Rick Forchuk. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. I'm hearing a lot of buzz about the hitman's bodyguard, and you've seen it. I have indeed, and uh, whatever the buzz is, it's got to be pretty good. We have Ryan Reynolds here, local boy who's made very, very good. He's a legitimate big star, but each new project that he accepts seems to make him even more influential, more entertaining, and remarkably flexible as an artist. Now, this action-adventure thriller is two hours of non-stop action that has it all. It has a strong story. It has a moral compass. It has love interests, and it has a great deal of humor, but not in a jokey way, but rather as a subtext that runs through both of its leading characters. Reynolds is Michael Bryce. He's ex-CIA, now working as a bodyguard with his own business. Two years prior to the action in the movie, something happened that turned his triple-A-rated business into something far less when a client died by an assassin's bullet. Now he's trying to eke out a living representing less influential clients, keeping keeping them out of the line of fire, when Darius Kincaid, played by Samuel L. Jackson, crosses his path. Now, Kincaid is a professional hitman who's murdered something north of 250 people over the years, and now he's wanted as a witness at the International Court in The Hague, Netherlands, to testify against the former leader of Belarus, a butcher named Vladislav Dukovic, played really well by Gary Oldman. He's on trial, but witnesses seem to die before they make it to the part where they testify against him. It's Michael Bryce's reluctant job to protect Kincaid and to get him to the court by 5 p.m. Otherwise, Dukovich walks, he goes back to run his corrupt country. Of course, everybody's after Kincaid, and the movie, filmed in London and Amsterdam, is a series of chase scenes punctuated with clever dialogue and a few sight gags that will keep you laughing, cringing, and on your toes wondering what's next. The language is atrocious, but somehow that just goes with the territory when Samuel Jackson is chewing up the scenery, and I did not find it offensive in this context. Oldman is perfect as the villainous leader. Reynolds underplays his part just right, a tightrope walk between an action thriller and a farce, and Selma Hayek is perfect as Kincaid's wife, linked to the story as she is his reason for testifying. It's easy to recommend this one for those who like a good action thriller, Jill. The rating is 14A, and Ryan Reynolds is fabulous. <laughs> All right, that is The Hitman's Bodyguard. Uh, the next film we're talking about, uh, I haven't even heard of this one, Logan Lucky. Yeah, exactly, Logan Lucky. You know, occasionally, Jill, a movie comes along that is unassuming, not highly promoted, and is a delight to view. And this one is exactly that. On the surface, it's just not my kind of film. It's set in North Carolina and West Virginia in the present. It's about a bunch of redneck Southerners who like their booze, their NASCAR racing, their women, and a good fistfight, pretty much in that order. It's billed as a heist movie, but the story moves along as slowly as the Southern drawl coming from the mouths of many of the characters. It is a character-driven movie rather than one focused on action thrills and high adventure, with most of the actors playing against type as they plan a revenge heist at the Charlotte Motor Speedway to get even for the wrongful firing of Jimmy Logan, played by Channing Tatum. His one-armed bartender brother Clyde, played by Adam Driver of Star Wars, reluctantly agrees to participate, as do the brothers of Joe Bang. Now, Bang is played by a blonde, very southern Daniel Craig, Bond, James Bond, but not here. He's in prison for robbery, but he's still a good source of information. Walking through the plan to steal the receipts from the speedway moves along with all of the speed of a bear taking his time finding honey in a hollow tree. 
But eventually, we see that this gang of non-cerebral idiots may have just a little bit more on the ball than first appearances suggested. Dwight Yoakam is the prison warden, and NASCAR drivers Daryl Waltrip and Jeff Gordon appear as themselves. The heist details are amazingly complex in a simple sort of way, and we want to see the bad guys get away with the caper right from the get-go, but an FBI agent played by Hillary Swank just might have other plans. Almost no bad language here, and a PG rating make this one a lot of fun. And as I said, rated PG, Joe. Hmm, and what a cast for a movie that's not really been promoted that much. Exactly, and, and as I said, they're all playing against type. You would not expect to see Daniel Craig in a movie like this. Chan- Channing Tatum, uh, just a dad, just a dad, single father, uh, looking for a break. And um, very, very good film. Well done. Logan Lucky is the name of that one. Uh, Let's move over to the streaming devices and what's new on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix got Marvel's The Defenders. This is current. It's a new series of eight episodes originating solely on Netflix that takes the next big step in the Marvel Universe. It features characters that have been featured in Marvel movies and includes Daredevil, Luke Cage, the Iron Fist team, and Jennifer Jones. And as usual, New York City is in mortal danger. And if the Defenders can't keep themselves aligned with the action, all will be lost. Now, the big questions at this point unanswered are whether or not the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will become part of this Marvel Comics universe, or if they will remain on network television in their own way. Also, will the Defenders after this series be ready to join the Avengers on the big screen, or vice versa? No answers at all at this point, but the Defenders are ready for binge-watching beginning this weekend, Jill. It's a 14A rating. That's Marvel's The Defenders on Netflix. And that one's uh, from this year, but we have to go back a bit for uh, this next one. I remember this movie, The Truman Show. I thought it was a great film. It was a great film, and it still is. I haven't seen it in a long time, but uh, brushing up on it, I remember how, how leading edge it was. This is from 1998, and when Jim Carrey starred in this film, in which his character, Truman Burbank, an insurance adjuster, realizes that his entire life is a TV show, and that millions are watching, and that his neighbors, friends, and co-workers are all actors, nobody could have imagined how close to the truth it might be. In 1998, Jill, there was not yet Survivor or Big Brother or Amazing Race or Jersey Shore or any one of the dozens of reality shows that looked in on the lives of real people and had difficulty for some recognizing their show life from real life, as was the case with the Osbournes, the Kardashians, and even Alan Thicke and David Foster to some extent. It's a fact that psychologists today treat many people for what is called the Truman Syndrome, these being people who really think they are living inside a reality show. It's a 14A rating, and, and Jill, maybe we are living inside a reality show. <laughs> it makes you think, definitely. Uh, what about uh, over on Crave TV? Yeah, Crave TV has got season 11 of The Deadliest Catch. That's from 2015. And the best way to watch this series about the real lives of Alaskan fishers fighting the weather, the sea, and sometimes one another is to binge watch, and that's where an entry such as this one just shines. The series is now going into season 13, uh, but this season, because of a two-parter called Super Typhoon, stands out like a lighthouse on a rocky point in a stormy sea. Typhoon Nuri literally swallows up the fishing grounds and anybody on them. We see a couple of our favorite captains face very surprising and unpleasant outcomes. The rating's 14A, that's the deadliest catch, season 11 on Crave TV. Somebody was asking me the other day about the the filming of shows like Deadliest Catch and wondering how many drones they use and how many drones are likely destroyed. Oh, I think they lose a lot of drones. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's wicked weather up there in the Bering Sea. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, what about good old-fashioned television? Well, something a lot of people have been waiting for, Diana, our mother, her life and legacy. 
Uh, this much-talked-about documentary, done by Princes William and Harry, offering their own unique look at what happened to their mother, Princess Diana, aired in June in the U.K., and we now get it on these shores. It is full of information that could only come from her children, and they tell their story in their own words. The most heartbreaking part is what happened the day that she died. The boys were engaged in other things and didn't pay much attention to her, and that's their last memory. Uh, tonight at 7 on CBC News Network, and again at 10 o'clock, Jill. All right, so this is one, I, I was, I think, originally I thought it was a multi-part series, but this is one, it's like like one documentary that's Yeah, this done. is a standalone, but you're right about the multi-part series thing. ABC and NBC have both had Diana two and three and four parters over this month, all well, cashing in, there's no other word for it, cashing in on, on her legacy. Uh, this one, though, this is the one done by her children, and it's the one that really stands out. All right, that one is uh, tonight on, uh, sorry, CBC News Network. Yep. All right. Uh, Game of Thrones, I've not seen it, but I know a lot of people love this show. Yeah, I love it too. And despite the hacker leaks that have compromised both HBO and this exceptional series, uh, the show has managed its best ratings ever, which seems to indicate that most people want to watch it legitimately. The Army of the Dead becomes more of a factor tonight as we go beyond the wall. Great series that keeps, keeps on getting better. Two episodes left for the season after tonight. That's on HBO Canada, Jill. All right, just two more episodes. Huh. I know a lot of people, the people always get very sad when this one ends. Yeah, and then it'll be, you know, 8, 9, 10, 12 months before we get the next group of episodes, and they will be the last. That'll be the end of the series. All right, uh, something to keep in mind. Rick, thank you so much. Good to chat with you. We will talk to you next weekend. You bet. Thanks, Joe. That's Rick Forchuk. He joins us every Sunday morning, letting us know what's happening in theaters, as well as what's uh, happening on the small screen. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.